Hi, I would like to quickly mention that in this episode, we mentioned a situation in Denmark involving a pedophile and also a rape story. As an example of one of the extreme values of the Danish culture, I thought you should know before continuing listening. And now let's start this episode. Hi, I hope you're doing great settling in in Denmark and navigating the nuances of learning a new culture. But if you're still feeling confused about the Danish culture, you know, understanding certain customs, then you will want to listen to today's conversation because it might bring some clarity and understanding to your time interacting with Danes. If you're on LinkedIn and you've connected with people in Denmark through that platform, then there's a chance that you might have come across a series of articles called Danish culture is an extreme. It's an extreme on happiness, equality, trust, independence, and also an extreme on privacy. That's why today we're talking to Anatoly Kantir, the author of these articles, to bring some insights that might be helpful to navigate your time in Denmark with ease. At least that's what I hope with this episode. Our next guest arrived 16 years ago in Denmark from Moldova and has dedicated more than a handful of years to studying intercultural communication because of his own curiosity to learn and understand how people think and live in different cultures. And with that, Anatoly has deconstructed aspects of the Danish society, so Danish and foreigners alike can reflect on why the Danish culture seems to be so sealed. He's founded the Nordic Student Consultancy in 2016 here in Denmark, and we will talk a little bit about that at the end of the episode. But um, for now, let's focus on the Danish values. Anatoly is also a full-time associate professor at Vienna University College in Hanin. I'm quite excited to have this conversation with you today, Anatoly. How are you? Um, I'm all right. Um, things are things are as. Uh as good as they can be, uh, working from home, like pretty much the whole country or the whole world. Yeah. Um, so uh, if I can say so, I'm confined in uh, in my uh, small little uh, office uh, where we conduct most of the meetings and uh, and of course uh, the teaching that I that I do at uh, the university. That's right. nice. <laughs> Otherwise, of course, I am uh, trying to be resilient. There's you know yeah. like there are so many articles and discussions out there, how do we survive this and so on. Uh, yes, which is, of course, a crisis of, uh, of no parallel, right, uh, that we, we are going uh, through. Because probably otherwise we would have met in person, right? Right, that's uh, true. Yeah. Or, or we could have a coffee and we could, uh, we could uh, you know, see each other and, and, uh, and talk, uh, Rita. So, yes. Yeah. And this, this way, of course, I say uh, thank you uh, for the invitation uh, to your podcast. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for being here. And you cannot see this, but I can see uh, Anatoly uh, at home with his own studio and it looks pretty nice with uh, the logo of the podcast and also Nordic students. Um, so I'm having a, <laughs> a nice screen to look at right now. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about uh, these values. Uh, I know that there's so much that we as internationals, expats or immigrants, whatever we choose to call ourselves, could learn you know, about the Danish culture and society. So again, thank you for being here. Um, and yes, let's talk about these five articles you published on LinkedIn. Some of them were in 2019 and some of them last year. And I'm just going to quickly read the titles of these articles for those who haven't, you know, read them yet. Um, the first one was called Denmark, the unhappiest expats in the happiest country in the world, published in October in 2019. And then the rest of the articles were about Danish culture 
He said extreme. And then on the different uh, values that um, the Danish culture has, like quality, trust, independence, and privacy. Um, the last one that you published was in April last year. And I just want to say that for me as a foreigner who've, who've been living in Denmark for almost two years, a lot of the points that you make in these articles brought me closer to understanding better what I had been experiencing with the Danish culture. Um, so I would recommend you know, people listening to the podcast right now to go and read them on LinkedIn. Um, and also I wanted to say that by reading, you know, these articles, I was able to understand and feel more connected to my Danish circle. So yes, I wanted to ask you <laughs> what inspired you to write them and why two years ago? Right. <laughs> well, uh, prior to this, uh, to these articles, uh, I was uh, already uh, having, you know, uh, some of the lectures here and there on, uh, on Danish, uh, on Danish uh, culture. But of course the articles made it somehow easier or better to put these thoughts on paper for those of for those who are interested and those who who want to to learn more about uh, Danish culture it is not an um, I should say it's not an uh, easy topic uh, in that sense because of course it's very abstract um, very uh, very fluffy I would say and also when we talk about a a a society a culture it's kind of it's sort of it's sort of difficult and maybe even dangerous to say Danes are Right. The moment you say that, then of course you you meet a lot of uh, a lot of uh, people who would probably say, "How can you generalize? Or how right. can you put all the people in one uh, in one bowl? And how can you uh, you know uh, make make everyone um, everyone the same?" So this is why, and maybe you've seen it in the articles. I often start with, uh, "These are not ultimate truths," and in the sense that that there are some kind of patterns. Mm -hmm. uh, in that sense, and even more importantly, when we talk about Danes, or is is, and also perhaps any other any other culture, in that sense, is to is to first of all be focused on understanding why mm -hmm. uh, the tendency for the largest majority, and I don't say this to to speak down to anyone, but is to moralize. Uh, very, very often people walk around with this, uh, you know, this good and bad all the time, uh, mm. including including the locals, including the Inns. Uh, anytime, uh, anytime I go to some of my lectures, people are very often quick to moralize. Mm -hmm. Like, isn't this good? Isn't this bad? Isn't this good? Isn't this bad? And and uh, if I can be, if to be frank, it's almost annoying to me. Uh, <laughs> not because I don't have a, uh, we should not have a sense of good and bad. It's not that. But I think we end up with two colors. Uh, we end up uh, with, with a with a you know a world made of of, uh, of black and white. Uh, we want to understand, in this case, the, the Danes and, and Danish uh, values in society, because we are interested in itself, not strictly speaking only f what it means to us. Of course, we also understand what it means to us, and I say us as as outsiders as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, but. It is a little bit, it's a pitfall to think that this is only for, for internationals and for expats. Uh, we are not uh, typically very good at our own background. We're not. People tend to think if they are, they are specific members of a, of a culture, that they are very good at it or they're very good at explaining it. And they're not. But we are not very much aware of our own backgrounds, I have to say, regardless of where we come from. Uh, we do tend to see more things and so on when we perhaps move out of our countries or we, we, we tend to, to, you know, when you are in a picture, you cannot see the picture. But when you go out of a picture, you tend to suddenly see it 
and you see your role into that and also perhaps you see the newer picture the the, the new country uh, that you are in and in that sense this, in this sense this is this is some kind of an exercise of the mind mm-hmm. um, we are we are not necessarily always aware of all these things because we know how to behave very often but we don't know why uh, and uh, and in this sense if i go back to my to my articles mm-hmm. it's it's a lot more trying to reduce a lot of these misunderstandings and i think in the proportion of 90% things are misunderstood uh, and even harder even more difficult they can't explain themselves why they behave the way they behave and this is where I came into the picture, <laughs> if I can say so. Uh, I'm also, it's not only about the Danes, I'm just naturally, I mean, very interested in, in others. Uh, yeah. The last um, 15, 16 years now, I've been traveling almost every year to some faraway lands. Uh, last summer, not this summer because of Corona, I went to, I did a whole tour of Central Asia, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, uh, Uzbekistan and so on, Mongolia, China, Trans-Siberia and Russia, all of these things because I'm just interested and it's also, you know, it's also a good vacation if I can say so. I mean, right? I like to go to You're places learning. that are, yes. yes, but it's also like to go to places that are very different than, than uh, what I am or who I am and mm-hmm. also different than this background. That's, that's sort of my, my background, that's sort of my hobby to say that way. But otherwise, of course, I live in Denmark and uh, well, I am a foreigner in Denmark. Uh, and in this sense also I say, well, who are the Danes then? Who are they? Uh, what do they value? And, and if I have to try to be, to be as least judgmental as possible, if I try to, to, to look into them, what is, what is Danish history a little bit about? Uh, what is Danish society about? Why do people think in specific ways? And most importantly, what, what is the they value? Mm. Uh, what do they think that is worthwhile? Uh, right? Uh, and, and yeah, values are also something, you know, very, it's like a wet soap in hand. What are values? But some, somewhere there we see that they are so important to us. They sit very, you know, they sit, they are central to, to who we are. Right. Yeah. But I guess you will ask me more on, on the specific data values <laughs> as, yeah. as we go through. Yeah. I mean, now that we're talking, I'm just wondering um, throughout all these years that you've been traveling and seeing different cultures, um, like you mentioned at, at some point, these values that you notice in the Danish society started to stand out for you, maybe. How and when do you start noticing these values in the Danish culture? Oh, I have one million examples, uh, and that, but I give you some a simple example which I also wrote or used in my articles. It was two years ago. I went to uh, I'm quite a sauna lover, and um, so I went to I went to sauna and uh, in Hjaning here. And I remember I, I went I went to the sauna and then I suddenly see a very known face, mm-hmm. uh, and it was the Danish Prime Minister, uh, former Prime Minister Lars Lokal Asmussen. Of course, uh, nobody was surprised except me. Uh, to Danes, this was like, well, yeah, okay, he's the prime minister, but uh, so what? And nobody checked my bag. Uh, I hardly saw any security. And nobody was stressed. Nobody was worried. We have to. We have to see this as the most or the first person in state in in, in the country is the prime minister. Mm-hmm. We know that in Denmark, right? Um, and and uh, how come? How is it possible that there is this uh, this man uh, sitting half naked like all the rest of us? Uh, and no, and I was like, wow, this is this. Is, in that sense, of course, is is some sort of an extreme. Mm-hmm. How many places in the world can we even imagine that? Like for yeah. real, 
Yeah, how many? I mean, if we really have to, to put a finger on a map anywhere, where do we actually think this would even be possible? And also in a situation like that. I saw him sometimes later, again, in the same place. He was in the sauna, he was in the pool, swimming just like everyone else. Nothing happened. Uh, some, uh, some half an hour, or not maybe one hour later, I went to the central library and I saw him, I, I had a meeting there, and I saw him, the same prime minister, again, no security, nobody. He, had a, he was having a coffee with the, with the mayor of, of Hyani. Uh, and then again, I was like thinking, and there was, there was nothing, nothing really happened, right? If I have to go, and maybe I shouldn't do it in this podcast, but, but if I have to go <laughs> with other examples from outside, almost yeah. anywhere, right? Uh, this is an extreme, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's, a, it's, of course, a, it's, of course, an extreme form of, of equality. And as you know, how I, what I mean by equality, right? Uh, there is this very strong sense in Denmark that people, no matter what, no matter their status, they want to show they are the same, right? Uh, if the prime minister suddenly said, you know what? Shut down the building, um, you know, uh, put security and so on. I'm a big man here coming. Uh, I want this uh, swimming pool for myself, which we know can be very common other places, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's true. Of course, this uh, this is, will be very, as we as we said, very undanish, right? Um, that that uh, people would say, well, who do you think you are, right? Uh, who who do you think you are? What allows what? Who do you think you are that uh, that you can do that? And uh, this, who do you think you are, is, is also in itself a a I, I call it a uh, almost like the law of gravity in Denmark, uh, the the law of Yanta, right? Uh, yeah. Or Yanta law. Um, the law of Yanta. There's a whole uh, whole uh, um, story about this. It comes from actually I went there to visit in these times. Yeah. When it, yes, I went to visit where exactly it, the author. His name is Axel Senemorsen. Uh-huh. Uh, he lived in Newcombing Moors, which is a uh, which is a, a small town north uh, northwest uh, of of uh, Jutland. Uh, and then he saw how people he kind of observed what people what people uh, behaved like, what were the norms uh, in that in this uh, small in this small town. And then uh, he came up with these uh, ten laws. Uh, they are of course some kind of some kind of norms that have haunted. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Danish, and I would say to a degree, Nordic society, uh, even today, it is always there. Who do you think you are? The moment you want to have some kind of a special treatment, the moment you want to have some kind of double standards because of whatever reasons, people somewhere underneath will think, who do you think you are? Uh, I talked to some of my colleagues at work, and I remember they said they went to Bilka. Yeah. And then somebody was running after them, telling them about the mask. And then they were like, who do you think you are to tell me that I have to wear a mask? This is this is this is <laughs> right. Yeah, and go the other way too. <laughs> yeah, but it's also about it's also about that you should find out things by yourself. You know, uh, talking about autonomy and independence, oh, you should right. not tell me what to do. I should find out things by myself. You can see, in one sense, we have equality and sameness, and mm-hmm. the other sense, we have we have autonomy and independence. They kind of interwoven, right? All of yeah. them, of course, are. are are connected in some some sort of way, but yes, uh, uh, I, I do think if the prime minister wanted some kind of double standards, people would would raise their voice and they'll say, "Well, who do you think you are?" So of course, uh, for him to show to show himself as a veritable good Dane is to actually show that he's very much like the others. In this sense, in this sense, Danes uh, value sameness. 
mm-hmm. uh, value sameness and to agree uniformity, not conformity, but uniformity, meaning being uniform, being very similar to others, right? If he yeah. suddenly did that, there would be some news and people, it would not look good on him. And, it, and this is the paradox. <laughs> if it was some other places in the world, if mm-hmm. he did this, he would not probably be a very good prime minister because he would suddenly say, we are equals or we are not, right? Uh, and this is why when we talk about titles, right? Try to, you told me you were from, from, uh, from Chile, right? Yes. Do you use titles? You know, like Mr. Mrs. Doctor, do you use some mm-hmm. kind of titles? What happens right. if you didn't? Well, then you're just disrespectful or rude. It's yeah, it's a different kind of hierarchical society. It's disrespectful or rude because automatically you say we are the same. Mm-hmm. Right? If you have a professor or a doctor and you don't use the titles or somebody older, you automatically say we are the same. We are the same age and, and we are on the same, right? Uh, on mm-hmm. the same level. And they would get offended because in hierarchical societies, you work very hard the way up. Exactly. Right? You work so, so you work so much and then there is somebody from a lower, um, a lower level, let's say this way, and claims and says we are equals. You know, it's the other kind of who do you think you are <laughs> to call me that, right? You see this. And in Denmark, it's exactly the opposite. This is why I call it some sort of, or of an extreme, right? Mm-hmm. It's exactly the opposite. Who do you think you are for me to call you Mr. And in fact, it's a joke. If we use titles in Denmark, it's a joke. It's only to tease someone. It's only to make fun because we don't really believe in them, right? Yeah, it's interesting also the paradox of being an extreme culture um, because by that we're already taking them like out of the sameness or <laughs> um, being the same. I was just thinking of, about that. But I, I also want to ask you, with all these Danish values uh, that seem to be so extreme in the Danish society, which ones do you think are the hardest for foreigners to perceive or to understand. I'm thinking hierarchy might be one of them, like the lack of it, right? If, if we talk about hierarchy and it's, it's to, we have to kind of assume that, and it's not, but we have to assume that most of, because Denmark is so, is the most egalitarian in the world, we have to assume that almost anyone who comes from outside will probably come to some degree of hierarchy, right? There's some certain hierarchy. There is, again, here people tend to, to moralize as good and bad. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to understand it, Tom. That's all. Let, let others judge. And, of course, uh, when, you, when you are brought up in a hierarchical society, you believe that if you work hard and if you have certain titles, you, will pro- you probably deserve a better life. Right? I mean, you probably deserve, and I've seen cases and cases where people are, I have two PhDs in Denmark and so on and so on, and they can't get a job or they think, I remember there was a, I'm not going to say who, there was a doctor here in international and he <laughs> wanted somebody to give him his seat in the, in the bus because he's a doctor. Whoa. <laughs> uh, but do you see that? And, and yeah. it's, it's, it, it, you can see this is a very different expectation, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very different expectation as to, as to what we, and when we come to Denmark, sooner or later you realize that this just doesn't fly. It's it quite mm-hmm. yeah. It's quite difficult to not uh, to not judge there. Like you said that, and I thought like, well, that person, you know, who does he or she thinks uh, he or she is, and and but then I'm thinking, don't judge. Like it's just a different perception. Maybe where they come from, where they come from, this is something that is value or like values, right? It's it's seen differently. 
Yes, and, and we know very well that, that Danes don't necessarily meet uh, across status. Let's say, let's say um, I go to a football club. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. In the football club, we have people who are from all sorts of you know, jobs or, or, if I can say, positions in the society. We are, and this is where, what Danes call feliskevit. We have something in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the sense of community. This this thing is that we are we are focused on what we have in common. We're not focused on our status, mm-hmm. right? I go to many clubs. Let's say I go to a box, for example. Eh? Uh, again, I know that some of the people go to work by airplane. Honestly, you know, in a sense that that, but it doesn't matter. We are the same. We are very equal. We are very equal. We are very equal there because right. we have box in common. We're not interested in who we are outside that. And we don't really care in that sense. Uh, and this is what I think, again, is quite difficult when you come from outside. And people tend to think that, that if they are more educated or they have certain titles, CEOs, doctors, engineers, they maybe are special. And again, we go a little bit of what I talked before. Who do you think you are? <laughs> right? You shall not think you're anything different. And I know the sounds, but you shall not think anything different is also a form of, of saying, regardless of, your, regardless of your titles, regardless of what, we are the same. We're very similar. And Danes do value, at least they try to show that they value sameness quite a lot. That can be very tough to, to how should I say this, to swallow or to accept in the long run, because... If you are formed, if you are uh, in, a, in a hierarchical society, probably have ingrained certain values right. where you do think yeah. you, are, you are a special person or you, are, you deserve a special place in society uh, in that sense. Uh, and <clears throat> I mean, here is, is, is one element. But I think another element that could be very, very difficult is, is, of course, and I talk, uh, talk extensively about it, is privacy. Uh, and I say I call it privacy. Uh, uh, very often you, you hear that that uh, that uh, Danes are, are sort of uh, painted as uh, cold uh, and distant and uh, hard to get and and so on and so on. I mean you hear that very often. And the mm-hmm. the, the um, if you look at the uh, first article you mentioned on uh, the unhappiest expats in the happiest country <laughs> in the world, and, and yeah. this is really important to really important to to underline. It is six, six years in a row, mm-hmm. and even the, this year it appeared only for Copenhagen. The last year was for the whole country. Experts, experts put Denmark somewhere on the bottom when it comes to settling in, finding friends, uh, friendliness, and so on. They put it somewhere. It's, it's always somewhere there in the, in the, in the bottom, right? And uh, when even, even the reports from Denmark, there are two three reports that were made from Denmark, I would say more extensive. In many ways, experts say, we are glad or we are happy with everything, but we're not happy ourselves. This is very interesting. And I'm actually writing another article about that, uh, in-depth article. But, but uh, in a sense, they say, we are fine with the system. We are fine with, actually, we are fine with having kids in Denmark. We're happy with the kindergartens. I don't know, and so on. But we are not very happy ourselves because, because we don't really have much connection uh, or social uh, connection with the, with the locals, but also it's difficult to make friends and it's difficult to feel at home. Right. This, is so, this is also very interesting. How come, right? Um, and, and, and it's a connection that, that we're used to, um, right? I, I'm thinking with the way the Danish society um, 
perform their values. Maybe there's a connection there that they they see and, and, and they, they seek, but the connection that we are used to make from other cultures, we're not going to find it. We're always going to like this, uh, the idea of connection that we have, that we came with from where we're from, I think. Because I sometimes I wonder, you know, uh, Danes in the relationships, whether at work or with friends, to me, they seem very connected or they seem to enjoy these type of relationships uh, pretty right. much, uh, which maybe for an outsider like myself, I will feel like there's something missing. I need, I need more. Maybe I need more of not being so private. Maybe I need more of, um, I don't know, I'm just wondering if you see that connection in the way, you know, they interact with these values that are an extreme. When we think, when we think of, let's say, friendship or when all one thinks of friendships in Denmark, friendships are considered, I mean, Danes think of friendship as something very conscious. Mm -hmm. If you have a friend, that means you have to put time aside. That means you have to really pay attention. Right. Uh, you really, it's not just some friend. And that's why very often Danes have two or three very close friends, friends that they are extremely open, there are no taboos, they, they, they know each other very well, and they are very often for life. And the rest are, are just network or people they know, acquaintances. They know people they know. And this is very difficult because if the circle is so small, very close friends, and then how do you go further? How do you get into that? You, you, maybe you've seen in the article, and I really like that, uh, that uh, metaphor. It's not mine. Um, I forgot his name, Jonathan something. He's a, he's a social culture. He, he, he said that Danish, Danish uh, culture is, is a little bit like a, like a typical Danish farm. And okay. I don't know if you've seen a Danish farm, but it's square and enclosed. It's enclosed. Uh, people tend to look to look inward, to look inside with the back to the world. So mm -hmm. people are not very interested in the business of others. Uh, there's a long list of, of things in Denmark that are private. That are private meaning that as long as you, you don't break the law, it's private, right? In a sense, we're not very interested in what's happening out there. We are mostly focused here and we don't see so much or we don't look so much into the other farms. So there is this this is a sense of being enclosed. Uh, and it's also, I would say, if we have to take, a, say, a typical Danish family, you always have the, they call it kind of family, the, the, the core family. Uh, you have mother, father, and children, just uh, maybe grandparents, and just about it, that's it. There is no extensive family. And uh, so, so, so you have that, that small, uh, small cell, and this is how the society somehow is built. And it is, it is in that sense difficult for, for, for experts to, to, to get through that. Uh, I would even say, would be correct to say that even if you change a place uh, to live, I know someone, uh, I know a Dane, let's just say that, who moved from, uh, from Fun, you know, from uh, that and he moved to, to Hanning. Two years he's been working here, he doesn't have one friend. Uh, yeah, true. And, and we talk about expats and so on, but it's also very often applies to Danes as well. He doesn't know anyone, most likely because his friends or his clothes are somewhere there. So, so um, of course, if you're new to Denmark and you just, where do you start? Uh, uh, my policy is very simple. Just, you know, be friends with, you know, try to make friends with people you like, you want, you know, people you have something in common, not so much about nationality. But of course, of course, it is a little bit strange that 
that uh, experts say it again and again that it is quite difficult to, to get to know the ins. And it's not about complaining. I think a lot of people see this as a critique or something. It's not. Mm. It's, just a, it's just a format of society. This is what it is. And I think, I know this is, sounds like a bold statement, but you might not die of hunger in Denmark, <laughs> but you might die of loneliness. Uh, you might die of, of not having contact with others. Uh, and I don't know if that makes sense, though, but, but this is, again, something misunderstood. Very often, and this is an even more important point, a lot of experts, when they come to Denmark, they think, well, this will just happen. <laughs> Friends will come. I will meet people at work. I will meet people, uh, I don't know, some here in a bar maybe, or mm -hmm. it doesn't happen. You can live here 20 years, and if you don't do something yourself, If you don't initiate things yourself, if you don't try to do something yourself, nothing happens. Right, you have I to mean, put in the really time. And this is a really important element, I would say, if we want to survive. And I think, you know, all experts, right, internationals, uh, we want to make it. We want to have a good life here and so on. And, and in this sense, you need to, to, to do something. And one way to do it is to, is to uh, join clubs. And, and this, if you don't like the club, make your own. Uh, I, I was just sitting these uh, these days uh, just after I talked to you on, on Wednesday. And I have a friend who says, "Well, he has he's part of some kind of a whiskey tasting something." And he said, "What do you guys think? We you know we meet uh, once in a while and we we try whiskey." And I said, "Oh, let's make a whiskey club." <laughs> you know, you know. But that's how you meet people. If you get my point, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, I met them before. But that's you have to have this common denominator that I used to say. Otherwise, you don't. And this is. This is important, very important, yeah. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how, um, you know, internationals actually approach friendship or relationships once they are here. I just read uh, this morning um, on Instagram, um, I think it was Danish, Danish for you, the handle, uh, where they mentioned that, I, I remember the percentage, but a certain amount of internationals leave Denmark after three years because of the feeling of loneliness. And of course, I don't know how, every culture <laughs> operates in the world or works. But I I think I identify with a culture where you just make friends because you just make them. You go somewhere, you meet people. You don't really have to work on the friendship to be friends. And certainly here, it's been different. Um, there, there's an intentionality when you um, start a, a relationship that might be a friendship or I don't know, maybe something else. But it just doesn't come, like you said, uh, easily or it just doesn't happen because it happens you really have to get involved or invest or create a club like you say let's 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 have something that unites us and where we find like a common ground that yeah that will make us part of something um right there's a, there's, a, there's a big study uh, it's it was conducted over 30 years on european values mm -hmm. and the uh, danes uh, were also asked if they value associations this is very interesting because You can, I could see the Nordic countries with Netherlands are the only ones which value uh, clubs and associations the most <laughs> compared to anyone else. Because this is how life is built in Denmark. Mm. Uh, our social life is in this some kind of clubs. I call them clubs. You can, you can, in Danish we say for eating. Uh, you can call them associations. You, and they could be, the interest could be anything. Uh, every day is, about, is part of about 2.8 meaning three associations at least there is no uh, there is no uh, the Danish constitution strictly strictly stipulates that you don't need to register it 
meaning that you can make any, any as long as it's legal, it doesn't break the law. Right. You, don't need, you don't need to register it. Unless you want to, maybe you want to receive some funds or so, you could because you want that. But the right. law does not, if you are, if you are, uh, if you are three people, you have an association and it can be about anything. It could be about anything. And in many ways, again, is this common everywhere? Not necessarily. Yes, there are clubs, there are associations, but maybe not in the same way, not in the same degree. And uh, I talked to a, um, a Danish professor some time ago. And he said, well, I, uh, I go, the way you go in the UK to pub, he said, that's the way you go to a. That's the way you go to an association in Denmark, yeah. and he 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 meant about anything, right? Again, and you can see what is an what is an association is something that is with common interest, mm. something that is common interest. It could be anything. I mean, I've seen you know uh, the association of playing Uno. <laughs> you know, yeah. But my point is that yeah, my point is that there is there is anything you want, anything you want, and it's actually I would say the the authorities encourage it, encourage that people make associations. It is a strong Danish value, I should say. Uh, but again, if you have just uh, arrived in Denmark and you sit like the way I sit here in front of a computer and you <laughs> expect things to happen, they'll just not happen. They're just not. It's hardly. It's generally depends, of course, where you work and so on. But making making uh, friends at work it's not very common unless unless there are some exceptions. But if it's a typical Danish organizations, Danes very often tend to separate the two. Mm. At work, you only work; right. you don't socialize. Uh, and, you focus on work, and that's it. And Natalie, uh, going back to talk a little bit more about equality, um, like you talk in your second article that you published in 2019. Um, in that article, you quoted anthropologist Dennis Nurmag, who's also a Danish, um, who's Danish and is also the author of the book uh, Cultural Intelligence for Stone Age Brains, How to Work Together with Danes and Others Not Like You. The quote in your article uh, refers to the Danish culture being extremely egalitarian, which is just a fancy word for being equal, right? Um, this extreme equal society is different from the power relationship that most, I think, other cultures uh, experience, right? Where a sense of hierarchy tends to conquer most activities. Um, Nurma says that this idea of being equal um, and related to uh, the welfare society in Denmark has quietly taken uh, functions away from families. And I wonder if you could explain where some of these family functions that this welfare society, you know, has taken well, away. What I think, uh, what I think it means is that Denmark, about 150 years ago, became very much institutionalized. Mm -hmm. uh, institutionalized means that institutions uh, take uh, take a lot of responsibilities from people because we give a big part of our income. To, uh, to tax, right? And then, and then in this sense, institutions have a big role, a big role. They take a lot of functions. Uh, the grandchildren, the children, sorry, the children are not educated by the grand grandparents, <laughs> right? There is an institution for that. In fact, there is an institutions, uh, there are institutions all the way until you die <laughs> to take care of you, right? You have a problem, you have something, there is an institution. And, and in this sense, they are, they are universal to everyone. Do you have a health uh, health problem? There is an institution, right? Police, anything else. And this is what he means. A lot of the functions have taken away from their parents. Uh, very few parents, I think, you can do it. Actually, it's allowed to educate your kids at home if you want, but uh, most don't. 
don't do that, right? Uh, so a lot of this, this is what he, this is what he means. Um, this is what he means with that. Yeah. So we have a highly institutionalized uh, society. I should also say, and this is maybe where I jump by myself to the next uh, uh, topic on trust. Denmark, according to OECD, has the highest trust not only in each other but also in institutions. This is also quite unusual, meaning the police, the courts, the and so on. Um, Danes, Danes trust in institutions, and this is still, I think, a kind of an extreme. Uh, most of the world's people don't really trust institutions. Uh, there must be something is wrong with them, something, they must be a little bit corrupt, uh, somebody's cheating here and there, I don't know, things like that, right? Again, this is quite unusual. Um, and, and, and yeah, uh, and in this sense, of course, uh, uh, what I think is happening very often when there are some cases of corruption or some kind of you know mistrust can arise it's possible that people mistrust a person a particular person but not necessarily the institution yeah i remember that in your in your article where um you say that if someone makes a mistake um we uh well not we but the society will um uh, maybe judge or look at the person's actions it wouldn't blame you know like if there's someone above or someone else who should have maybe overseen this um yeah, it's 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 different. Like I, I'm, I'm thinking about institutions like the police in other countries, or thinking of Chile, or maybe even the U.S., where if there's a mistake, the person who's above everybody, right, in this hierarchy, they are to blame rather than maybe just the person who made the mistake that can be fixed, or we can learn from that. But it's it takes like another dimension and who did this and who is to blame and what should we do about it. That feels different here. I mean. It is very unusual, and in this sense, it is an extreme. Um, the example that I gave in the, and it's an example that sometimes, uh, I should say, people strongly moralize, but I, I like to use it because it's a very simple example where a man goes to, to the authorities and says he has pedophile lusts, right? First of all, it's a taboo most of places. You would not even think someone could do that, right? To go to authorities. And he says, look, I'm here. I have a big problem. Uh, please uh, help me. Uh, and of course, the judge, uh, the judge in Hanning Court, because he has had some something there with the, but the, with the children, the, the judge at uh, the court says, "Thank you for letting us know. We will." Uh, he, he was sent to uh, to a treatment. How many places in the world? First of all, anyone would just even do that, and also this kind of reaction. It's only when people strongly rely, uh, uh, sorry, trust each other, not rely, trust each other so much that they can put their own lives in someone's hands. Right. And this is yes, unusual. That's quite really, yes, you, you cannot, I mean, if you show me places in the world where this is even possible, and this was not big news in Denmark, it's just like third page in the, in the you know, in a local newspaper, but it's nothing unusual. I mean, really show me a place in the world where someone would even think of doing that. And the cases are plenty. I remember I was in uh, Olbo, there was this uh, festival, if you know Olbo, no, Carnaval, Olbo mm -hmm. Carnaval, and people uh, people get drunk and I, I don't know, they, it's a crazy place, but apparently there were some attempted rapes, you know, uh, yeah. And the next, uh, the next, the police were saying they are searching, there were three, I think, but the, the, the following days, the men themselves who attempted went by themselves to police. You know, they went by, they heard, they heard that they were searching and they thought that, you know, maybe they did something and they went by themselves to police saying that they might have raped someone. I mean, I mean, 
Yes, I mean, where does this happen in the world where people can say, well, I, I have, you know, I'm going to go to the police now, you know, and say I committed a crime. I hear the scream, the, the, the extreme uh, on trust now. I, I don't think that I, before I really grasped what he meant, this trust, yeah. but I can see yeah. it. It's, it's being able to say, I trust that if I'm honest or if I'm, I don't, I don't know if I confess, but if I tell you the truth of what I think happened, you will take care of me or you will take care of, yeah, you will help me be better or something like that. I don't know if that's, but wow, that's, that's quite um, different yeah, from... If, if besides, if we take this, if we take these examples uh, away, and again, you look at the studies uh, outside of Denmark uh, mm -hmm. in the last many years, uh, the courts, right? The courts, the the, the, uh, the judicial system is the least corrupt in the world. Not mm -hmm. just Denmark in general, but in, and this is not from inside, mate. This is from outside, meaning that there's basically no corruption within the courts mean and this is also very important right it's where you get justice let's say right if you have a problem you have a conflict and so on this is uh, in, i think if i can be personal here this uh, this is one of the very important reasons for me to live in denmark <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it is so important that that you know that no matter what if you are in in, uh, in front of a judge uh, and you meet the system you will be you will be judged correctly and fairly and so on and this is i think that's important especially mm -hmm. if we talk about a democratic society and a free society in this sense this is central i think we tend to forget that <laughs> yeah. uh, yes and this is this is i think for me for example personal this is very important yeah and like you say we tend to forget that but i think it's also um it can be a struggle for someone from another culture who have not seen this or experienced this or learned about uh, how things can be different um, to this extent to imagine that it actually there is a society that works with these values, right? right. Um, and it's, it's uh, you know, I can be accused of, of, uh, of being too, um, too ide ideal, idealist or idealize it. I don't, I don't mean that, but it's, there's plenty of studies or numbers which, which shows the same. It's not just, mm -hmm. just uh, me pointing out, uh, you know, oh, this is a perfect, no, not in that sense. And I don't, you know, perfect society and so on. But, but there are those things that are, again, you know, extreme. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they stand out and simple as that. Uh, yeah, and with these values that you have studied and um, written about, um, going back to this idea of Danish society not, not being a hierarchical, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm saying that right, uh, hierarchical society. Um, today, uh, according to Statistics Denmark, there are about 616,000 uh, foreigners or immigrants in, in the country. Do you, do you think or do you see the culture changing into a more hierarchical society or how do you see these values today? Are they still very strong? I mean, it's very, and this is important, I think, is to, to distinguish the equality as in sameness mm -hmm. and uniformity. This is one way, the one that I talk about, that no matter your income, no matter your status, that you want to show that you are very similar to others. Mm -hmm. That's one part. But of course, if we have to look at equality in terms of the, you know, the genie, you know, if you want to see in terms of income, how much people earn and so on, of course, you probably find inequality in that sense too. 
Uh, and there were studies, I think, also pointing out that it's approaching like the, the British uh, model in a sense that uh, there is that inequality, for example, in income. Some people earn to, but the other ones, the ones where, where I say that Danes value sameness and uniformity, they have not changed. I think they hardly change. The differences could be regional. For example, if you are more on this part of the of the country, like uh, Jutland and so on, it's they're stronger. Uh, I would say the law of Yanta is much stronger here. Mm-hmm. And if you go closer to Copenhagen, Shelland, maybe a little bit less. So I, I talk about equality, not so much about equality as in as in uh, as in income. Right. Or, uh, or or rich poor. I don't know that. I talk more about what people value, right. uh, and by that I mean sameness. We are the same in that sense, but not so much about the other one. And we have plenty of work on that side too. But it's not it's not the one that I deal with. But I I do I do think and I do know that of course there are there are of course inequalities in that sense plenty in the in terms of income and income of course definitely. Yeah, it becomes like a um, like a two-side kind of thing when we talk about equality. But I I do want to mention that I really like what you said about once you come here, it's more about who do you think you are. And I could see like this cape of maybe preconceived uh, judgments or thoughts to like to fall off my back <laughs> and and just think like we are the same. Like there's no um, uh, there's no uh, perception that makes someone be more or less than the other. I don't know that you saying who you think who do you think you are? I think when I would hear that before in the past, I will think of it as more like a um, a way to provoke someone, right? But the way we see it here in Denmark, who do you think you are? It's not about provoking you; it's about saying you're you're as important as I am, or we are we matter, I guess, um, at the same level, or we're all we all we're all the same. Um, so I just wanted to repeat exactly. that. Exactly. Um, Have we talked about all the values? I don't know. I want to go well, move have, to some well, questions, but I don't know if there are other values that you feel. I think we've we've talked about. Trust. We have talked mm-hmm. a little bit on about trust, uh, and uh, yeah. trust again is a it's a very complicated thing. So, well, first of all, most of the world people talk more about reliability than trust, mm-hmm. right? Uh, again, we should wonder how many places in the world people trust people they don't know or they have never met. Mm. I mean, really, most uh, most often trust is is preserved to people you know very well, family perhaps, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think people turn, talk in, uh, about trust in the same terms as uh, as we talk here. Trust in Denmark is a cornerstone of the Danish society. Um, I like the, the the author that I have used um, in my. Uh, In my uh, in my article, um, he says that to trust is to exist, and this is this is so beautiful and philosophical, of course. But I think I do think that that uh, it is first of all a question of trust in Denmark, then a question of everything. If I have to take this into an expat context, into an international context, right? Very often, and this is a very typical misunderstanding or something that that one should think of. Um, if if you are very if you are very skilled, let's say you are very good at something. You, let's say you are very uh, you are very uh, skilled IT developer. I don't know uh, whatever you are doing, right? Very often, very often, uh, uh, one tends to think that my skills are what I can do uh, is is the first thing that I will be employed for 
In Denmark is the second thing. And this is again something very often people don't understand or misunderstand. They think that they are very good at something that means that's enough. I would say that of course you should be good at what you do. That's not the that's not the point. But it's 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 first of all the degree of how much you are trusted is important. Uh, this the degree of how how much trust uh, people put in you, or how much do you live up to the agreements, to the expectations, and so on. Again, it's something I've seen over and over again. Experts don't understand that or don't see this. Um, uh, they often think, look, I'm so really good at what I do, I probably will always have a job. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Denmark is a club of clubs. <laughs> everybody knows everybody. In some sort of way, that's why you don't really have so much conflict. Or so, because in many ways, you might meet that person again. Mm. And that's, that's the focus. There is so much focus on, on networking. And networking, in the end, is about maintaining trust. Because trust is not something you do one day. It's not enough to, to be trust, trustworthy one day. You have to maintain this trust all your life. And that is difficult. So let's say when you go to work, you've done an amazing job today. And you think, well, look, everybody thinks I did an amazing job today. Tomorrow I can relax a little bit. Or I can say, ah, you know, they already, they already think I'm a, I'm a really, this not, is this not the case. You have to maintain trust every single day until you die. And this is why... <laughs> when you say yeah. it that way, it sounds so, uh, like, this is so uh, much stress. <laughs> it's so stressful. <laughs> it can be, it can be, because it can, it can be in the sense that, that uh, it's something you maintain. We first of all work or do things to be trusted. Then we do things, for example, to be paid and so on. Wow. Uh, and contact, even the smallest contact that we have with others mm. might speak a lot about ourselves. I know I sound very serious about it, <laughs> but I, I, maybe, I maybe only sound serious because I want to emphasize something. Um, I want to emphasize something. And in that, in that, in that sense, it's important. Um, and again, is is if we if we very often maybe maybe internationals who come from outside maybe they never thought of trust, right? Or we we just know in a different way, so it's it's hard to uh, understand the, this different meaning, a complete new different meaning of trust. I'm I really like we're talking about this because I've in this podcast I've talked to other internationals about their experience with the Danish culture, but I don't think that I've had you know this conversation where we as international try to understand the Danish culture. So it's it's really nice that you are um, mentioning this this idea of trust and trust and how it works. And it's not something that you do and then you relax or you just give up or forget about it. It's, it's constant. And I never thought of the, the Danes or um, having this uh, kind of task to live up to every day, right? To show up, to yeah, say, I keep doing this, or I, oh yeah, it sounds, um, I'm, I'm kidding when I say it sounds very stressful, but I also, I'm also not kidding. It sounds very stressful. No, but, but also what I think is, it's even more complicated. It's also, and you can see, I also call it the currency. Mm -hmm, the currency. Uh, so let's say, let's say we have an experience now here, right? I don't want mm -hmm. you to be super conscious about it, but still, okay. <laughs> we, have, we have, in a sense, we have, a, we have an experience from the moment you wrote to me until, let's say now. Right. But uh, let's, let's, uh, let's imagine that um, maybe I didn't have, maybe you or maybe me, doesn't matter. Let's say I did not show up today and I wrote to you, oh, sorry, 
oh, sorry, I fell asleep. Or, and let's say, oh, unless I have a very good reason, I don't know, a bus drove over me. Uh, but let's say I do it twice. Uh, I, I, and and yeah, sometimes I think people don't think there's a small things and they, they can get away. No, because, because or let's say you did not appear today once or twice and you didn't write, you didn't say anything and you did it once or twice. I would never recommend you for, to anyone else. It's not even recommend, but even say anything because it reflects on me. It's like everybody's it interconnected. Could be, it could be my sister. It could be my sister. It could be my best friend. It doesn't matter. If I don't trust them with a specific thing, I would not do it because it reflects on me. And this is where this whole, you know, network goes on, right? So we do, I mean, uh, we do that. I have, I have a, uh, maybe I shouldn't say very loud, but I have a friend who, who is always late, like four hours late. Four and hours? Yeah, and I know he's always like, he's really good, to, what do you call it, the best at school and so on and so on. But I would not, I'm just afraid to do it. Being late in Denmark, being punctual is not just a cliche, for example. It's not a cliche, it's not a small thing. It's not like, ah, oh, never mind, they will think it's okay, or oh, five, ten minutes, or no. You automatically, if I have to have this, this uh, ruler with 100 or this thermometer of trust, you fall. You fall. And, and that is, I know it's a, but sticking up to agreements and so on, it's important. And, and, uh, and uh, being reliable, being, being, uh, meeting up, uh, you know, following agreements is so important. So important. And, and I know a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, maybe it's okay, you know, uh, uh, plus minus half an hour, one hour, things like that. And, you know, and it's also in, also in everyday life and at work, for example, that I could be a lot of details and so on. And uh, it's, not, it's not only about what you do. I have to emphasize that. It's not only about what you do as a profession. I, I would argue it's second to things. Um, um, as you're talking, I was, just, I was paying attention, but I was also thinking of um, how we all carry different values with with us uh, wherever we go and when we come to Denmark and I don't know for me like I would assume most of a lot of Danes have met people from other cultures and maybe they will be more flexible if you're late or if you cancel or um, I'm thinking like you said probably not because those are their values but then I'm thinking well what about my values and I was trying to think of a way to look at this um, with with a mindset where things are okay regardless of what values we have um especially here in copenhagen uh where i i see people from different cultures internationals all the time i just wonder if if things who live here are more used to maybe to being flexible with their cultural values or maybe they're not and 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 how <laughs> how do we together <laughs> work uh toward a better way of understanding you know one another Um, yeah, what, what do you what do you mean is that what is the you know what is but I'm talking about you know dominant general uh, yeah. of course between people or friends and so on you might have um, how should I say this you already know how people <laughs> are right but still, yeah I, I still I still tend to 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 think that people who are generally late at the general late for example I trust them less. I mean, I, I mean, I'm saying this just even with like a reflex. If I if I have the same, uh, if I have friends who are I invite for dinner, and they always one hour, half an hour late, one hour late, I would probably trust them less. 
And I mean, this is automatic. This is not even thinking about it or this is almost automatic. Um, and is that because you have, uh, you have adopted maybe, some of the Danish values by living here for maybe, so many maybe, years? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's that, but I also think it's about an agreement. Mm. Uh, it's an agreement that we have had, as simple as that. If they agree, yeah, yeah. as simple as that. And Anatoly, with you being here for 16 years now, um, do you think that it's easier for foreigners to understand the culture uh, than it was when you moved here? Um, like, have Danish people, you know, become more open to other cultures coming to the country? If you can look back at when you moved here, at the time when you moved here and now. I think well, I have to recognize there's been done a lot of work to support uh, internationals uh, and experts from variety of, of municipalities, uh, also local and national uh, government. There's been a lot of uh, work. Um, I, I would have to recognize that. Uh, the example that I can give you now, I have to, to, to have a three webinars um, on Danish cultures, very similar uh, now as we talk now, but maybe more details or different focus. And it's organized by the entire central uh, mid, mid Jutland, mid Uland. The seven, the seven uh, uh, municipalities, seven communes, which which uh, put put themselves together, and they hired me. You could say, I mean, this could not be even imaginable 15 years ago. Uh, if you see my point, uh, in the town that I am, we have two, three uh, clubs which are entirely in English, and we have in international. This was this was unheard of 15 years ago. So we have to recognize there's also been a lot of work done to support. Um, to support uh, internationals, to support international uh, workers and so on. Definitely, definitely. And I, I think that's important. I, and I will not even probably talk for Copenhagen because because uh, when I try to speak Danish in Copenhagen, I'm answered very often in English. <laughs> uh, so so that's, and that, that might seem a small thing. I don't think it is. When I came to Hanning, you had to see people in you know, what English? There is no English. There is no, I mean, and nowadays I would probably... I mean, of course, I speak Danish today, but but I would expect uh, a lot, I would say, more flexibility in that sense, yeah. Um, but has it become easier and so on? I don't know. Uh, uh, you mean more flexibility to speak to speak Danish where speak, you are? To speak, no, to speak English, to, to mm -hmm. meet. If you go to a pub now, we don't have many pubs here, but if you do, I would expect people to answer. If you are asking English, they will gladly and happily Answering, and they are used to that. That's my point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, we might think English is a small thing. Oh, it's not. It's not. When you are very new to Denmark, uh, you know, being able to 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 uh, to have someone answer to you in English is is a big. Uh, it's uh, you know, it means a lot. You 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 know, you might feel more welcome, maybe, and so on. Yeah. And with what you just said about um, having three. <laughs> I was going to speak in Spanish. Tres. I mean, what you said uh, about having three webinars, um, and you can see that there's more of an effort to, you know, to to make this transition or this uh, knowing about the Danish culture for foreigners easier. Do you think that there are other things that can be done to improve this, or what, what are some of some things that you think uh, could help uh, foreigners to understand the Danish culture better? I, I will maybe I should. Uh talk more personal in that sense, but mm -hmm. I like to think of, I like to be more pragmatic about things mm -hmm. uh, in a sense that uh, instead of uh, spending time and uh, looking at 
at uh, or blaming or being, uh, you know, all like, of course, sometimes we get, it's, it's hard to be a foreigner, right? It can be difficult, it can be, you know, but instead of, I would say, have a more pragmatic uh, approach to things. By this, I mean, oh, are there associations in my town? Let me join. Right. Uh, oh, I want to start something, make a podcast. Doesn't matter. No, but my point is do something about it. Do something, act, join clubs, start clubs. Uh, I mean, I, I think this, this no, there is no golden key around that. Um, you know, be active, be active uh, in the, in, in, in the you know, utmost sense. Uh, make cooking classes. I don't know. I've seen all sorts of things people do. And I have to say, I do applaud people who try things and fail than people who don't try anything. Really. Yeah. This is this is very important. Try things, fail, try again, and so on. Uh, there's there's no other way. But but this is what I would probably suggest at all times. Yeah. And look in your almost every every municipality in Denmark has a very long list of associations and clubs. Some are in English. That's and true. So a lot of resources. Mm. Yes, join them. A lot of things in Denmark don't cost. Don't cost. You know, uh, like this uh, this spring because of Corona, I uh, I built a sauna. Oh, you know, nice. in my garden because it was this is sad. Uh, you know, but now I invite some of my neighbors. I really do, which is you know not always maybe very unusual, but I really do. You know, it, my point is, if I don't do anything, nothing happens. Uh, and and uh, another thing is that, of course, this is something to do with more being aware, but. One way to, to learn about another culture is to also try to learn about your own. Mm. We, 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 we're not necessarily aware. We have those sort of uh, ultimate truths in our minds because we were brought up in a specific way. Uh, and one way to, 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 to learn about, let's say, Danish culture in this case is to also try to, to see your own. This is very difficult, very difficult, right? Because we are not really, you know, uh, water is the last thing a fish can see, right? You can't yeah. see your own background, uh, you know, it's in the language, it's in so many things. It's, so you can't really, really, you know, we, we think in a certain language, right? Mm-hmm. When we think in a certain language, it's connected to a specific uh, geography, right? A specific way of living, uh, and so on. So, so we tend to think when we switch languages, I'm not gonna, you know, I think this has been emphasized so much more, but kill yourself. But sorry, I have to say this, but try to learn Danish. <laughs> so, yeah, but people, people, Danish is, it can be sorry, but, but push it through. You know, I started to learn Danish like six years after something. <laughs> Really, really, you know, I didn't yeah. start learning Danish from the first place and from the first day or something. No, no, no. And it took me a long time until I made up my mind to live in Denmark. At certain point, I, I moved for a short period to Canada. Then I came. There's this, you know, back and forth. And of course, we might want to distinguish those who come here for a short time mm. and those who end up here. And right. sometimes the line between the two is, is very blurry because you don't know. <laughs> you know, we have people who think they will leave and then they end up here for whatever reason, work, marriage, and so on, or, you know, boyfriend, girl, whatever, you know, something appears, but I can't see how it can be, if I have to learn from my own mistakes, even I should have started to learn Danish a lot sooner. And really push it, push it, push it, uh, no matter what, never give up, never give up. I yeah. um I really want to emphasize on what you said about equality and also this lack of hierarchy 
in the Danish culture, um, like even like, starting this podcast or doing anything. I remember that with whatever idea that I might have, my partner just tells me he's, he's Danish. He would tell me, uh, just do it. And I'm like, yeah, but I need to know this. No, just do it. You don't have to be something. You don't have to become something else. Like, just do it. And if you fail, you fail. And it's like so easy um, the way he would say it. But um, and, and for me, it's been like a transformation to start thinking that way, coming from a very, you know, hierarchical society in Chile and also living 10 years in the U.S. to change this mindset that, okay, I don't need more than just do it and try it. Whether it works or not, it doesn't matter because you've done it and there's nothing you need to keep waiting for. So maybe something that our, our listeners can really uh, take note of is, is that like, just, just do it, go out, go to the club or start a club if you want to um, start working in these uh, relationships with, with a new way of seeing uh, values uh, that the society gives us. So, um, but it's also you can see you can see you can see where your partner told you, but what he didn't think of probably is because what he meant to meant to tell you is to play. You play with things, right? Yeah, but you play with things. Maybe you started this podcast, but you end up with something else. You don't know yourself. What I mean is that is that instead of instead of um, thinking things will have to be perfect, precise from the first day and so on, an ideal or, or there is this maybe if you take US, maybe there's this sort of uh, culture of heroism. You have to make something so amazing and nothing there more. You can play. And as they say, you know, serious play, you know, we take Lego, right? It's about it's about playing the things. And, and maybe play is not is not a naive thing, but rather rather a serious thing. Right. Uh, and this is this is what it is. And it doesn't matter what, again, what I say, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, you, you start with something, you might end up with something else. It doesn't matter. But you play with things. Eh? Uh, you can see how, again, that's also kind of standing out. Uh, how see, We have in Denmark, you can take a master's degree in play. Yeah, that sounds I mean, I mean, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, think yeah. I think it's in calling, if I'm not wrong. I saw it somewhere and I was like, but from inside, it makes sense. I think it's hard to explain this to outside world, right? Uh, and this this tells a lot about Danish uh, Danish education and and also about that that the one of the first we didn't talk about this, but one of the first um, or most important values that uh, that parents think they should their children should have is actually independence. But how do you become independent if you don't try things by yourself? If you are not trusted to do things by yourself. Right. I remember reading that part. I feel like that sounds so cool because it's do it and learn by doing whether you fail or succeed. Uh, I'm not here to tell you don't do that, right? Or to uh, yeah, impose things on you. Yeah, yeah. I've seen, especially with children, oh my God, I know so many stories, even from my, let's say, own network uh, regarding bring, uh, you know, upbringing children, right? Uh, it is, it is, can be quite different, right? Uh, uh, as to how how this uh, how this happens, uh, I remember there was this. Uh, I don't know if you know the concept of Folke uh, Hoyskola. Folke Hoyskola is a kind of a school. It's a kind of school. It's a very special school. I don't need to talk about it, but it's a kind of a folk high school where where students uh, spend uh, some time there. They can also spend a year there, and they learn about life. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's not allowed to it's not allowed to to uh, to get grades actually. Is that the school that uh, like uh, teenagers can go after high school? You can, yes, actually, there is, now there is so there are so many types. There is a variety. There is for adults, for anyone. There's uh, sports, politics, religion, whatever, anything you you. But 
there was a there was a I remember there was a, this BBC um, uh, uh, what they call article uh, where they went to one of the schools and they found out that children are alone almost all the time by themselves. There is a supervisor somewhere there, but they are almost all the time by themselves. And they are really close to a sea. They climb up the trees and there is not so much supervision. And they even had some small knives for something, you know? And the BBC, uh, what do you call it, interview was, but don't they hurt themselves? They said, they said, in 17 years, we never had an accident, except one accident when, when somebody, a parent drove over the foot of another parent. Uh, I think, can, yeah, can I you, remember my, that. My point, my point is, again, it's a little bit back to that. Uh, and yes, yeah. uh, that also can be very different. Um, I would say in a, in a, in a, maybe in another setting, uh, children would be, you know, the idea of discipline and getting the good grades. What grades? Until eighth grade, there are no grades in Denmark. Right? We don't really have grades. What does that mean? And somebody was asking me once, but how do you go to the next level? Right, um, meaning we trust. We trust you can improve yourself. We trust that you yourself know where you lack something. I mean, it's complicated, eh? but it's very, very, very typical Danish, I would say. And again, children are encouraged to play. If you look, especially Nordic countries, there really, there's a real lot, a lot of focus on just play. Yeah, uh, and, and in playing, there's such a big opportunity for self-discovery and. Yeah, self-growth. So it it makes sense to hear it and it just makes you a little bit upset that why is, is it not like that in most places or everywhere? Yes. Um, well, uh, thank you so much, Anatoly, for being with us today in this podcast. I've, I really appreciate everything that you have shared with us. Um, before we go, I would really like to ask you about your uh, consultancy, Nordic Students. I I know you, you started this in 2016 and I just want to know more about what inspired you to create it. I mean, it seems kind of obvious with everything that we've talked about, but in that moment, what, what made you decide that, okay, I should do this. This is needed right now. I should create this consultancy. Well, I think, I think when I came to Denmark uh, myself, I think it wasn't, I had, it was difficult. Uh, first of all, uh, I was uh, myself quite a strange uh, guy, I think. Uh, for a while, but I also I also said to myself, well, I would like to to I would have liked to learn about these things at that time. Uh, you know, I would have liked that at that time. I would have liked to to hear about some of these things. It doesn't mean that you know I would have understood right away, but maybe it would have been a you know a push into the right directions. And a lot of this and a lot of them are misunderstandings. Uh, I promise you, a lot of things are so misunderstood. Uh, Danes are often misunderstood. Uh, and this is what I try to do is to reduce these misunderstandings uh, into explaining the Danish values. And this is why I said, okay, I came up with the, with the Nordic student. Uh, of course, I try and and I have under the Nordic student, I have a lecture called Danish cultures in extreme in inverted <laughs> commas, uh, which is a talk that I've been doing now for quite a, also in Copenhagen I was several times uh, I did it here in in, 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 in Jutland many times uh, schools uh, libraries and so on and now with the corona most of them have been pushed to spring uh, but also I think I want to try to do it just the way I do it with you now uh, in a sense of a zoom and maybe I do it from home as well Uh, it looks pretty good, so I think it, it could work. Um, yeah, how long yeah, have I you have been doing this? Uh, this is the setup is only now, but I've actually made it now almost ready that I can have a background mm -hmm. instead of slides or PowerPoint. I can change the background when I talk. Awesome. 
Uh, but that's right. important so, when you are explaining or sharing information. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know if you if you said if you said it. Um, how long have you been uh, with this with this workshop? Yeah, it's like 2016, 2016. Ah, okay. Uh, so yeah, 17 now. Yeah. Uh, and of course, just like that, I experimented things, uh, mm -hmm. things were, things didn't work, but also I should say I refined a lot of thoughts. If you keep doing things over and over again, you refine things. True. Uh, and I've got a lot of literature and uh, I have intentions to, to uh, write more, do more talks. And also I think uh, it's, you know, it's also fun. Uh, yeah. So yeah that's, that's cool okay thank you so much Anatoly. um we hope to talk to you maybe in the future about the same topics or other topics that might arise and have a great weekend definitely but uh, thank you for for inviting me you can see i did not forget yeah uh, <laughs> not forget so so yeah all the best <laughs>